You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host. Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Group, where I plan produce and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth. And of course, growth is what it's all about here at Mobile Presence because this is where we get the inside track on how you can grow your app from UA experts because this is basically their daily job. And we're gonna switch, well, we're gonna switch gears for a moment because it's not just about growth, but it's about understanding um, some of the pitfalls, understanding um, what the obstacles are and certainly one of these that you have to be aware of if you're a UA expert or just trying out UA for your mobile app is of course mobile fraud. So we're going to talk today rather with an expert in mobile ad fraud who has still earned the title of mobile hero as chosen by Liftoff, a full service mobile app marketing and retargeting platform. So we're going to, as I said, dive into mobile ad fraud but very very interestingly we're going to play a little bit of a game and we'll get to that in just a moment after i welcome andreas nauman he is head of fraud at adjust andreas great to have you how's it going over there in berlin it's going really well it's it's still a bit cold but uh, the the first um the first spring is coming around it's getting a little warmer and uh, i'm i'm very comfortable thank you well, thank you for joining us. And of course, that's the point. We want to get comfortable, I think, with the idea of um, ad fraud. We want to get familiar with the topic. And we also want to understand uh, what I'm looking forward to is a little bit of the, um, the preconceived notions and the real truth behind 
uh, mobile ad fraud. But first, of course, tell me a little bit about Adjust. I mean, I know it as a mobile measurement platform, um, as being an expert in ad fraud. You yourself head of ad, of, of fraud there. But how would you describe uh, Adjust most recently, considering you have also moved into some interesting areas? That, that is a good question. So we are definitely what is called a measurement platform. Uh, we're doing attribution as well. That goes hand in hand. Um, but recently, we are pushing into uh, the direction of uh, bot detection as well. So the, the whole anti-fraud bid has been expanded uh, quite drastically. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, reaping the results of that. Um, digging deeper into um, a lot more additional data that we can uh, look at to figure out how to best protect our clients uh, from different fraud schemes. And Andreas, what about your, yourself? You know, head of uh, fraud, that's, uh, that's a responsibility. What do you do at Adjust? Oh, I, I do plenty. Uh, so I started uh, at Adjust three years ago, uh, January 2016, and I was a one-man show back then. I started uh, doing all the research um, that our current filters are working off. Um, I designed those filters. I um, did a bit of, of uh, project management, getting those uh, out of the door. Um, and then I started building a team to support all of the things that we're doing so that we can properly answer questions of our clients, that we can support networks in, in uh, figuring out what types of fraud um, are happening on the campaigns, how to mitigate with their partners. Um, so, so we're an, a team that is facing in all directions and we're also doing um, quite some research in the security area. Uh, trying to make sure that uh, our SDK is the the most secure it can be. Well, that's very true. I mean, you've been moving in a lot of different um, directions. I've watched the recent um, acquisition of a company that can understand and detect, you know, bot frauds. There's a lot going on. And to your point, there's a lot of different types of fraud. And I don't want to go there because I was writing a report recently and uh, getting into an argument actually with the with the client because he was like, there's six types. I said, no, there's eight types. He said, well, I've read that there's even more. And so we're not even going to go there. I like the way that you have developed a way to categorize fraud. You're talking about compliance fraud, which is down to maybe you know a judgment call in many ways because it's not necessarily black and white. And technical fraud, which is, you know, pretty easy to find, but maybe a little bit harder to spot. Those are your ways of categorizing this. What, how would you describe then technical fraud? Um, so in technical fraud, we again have a differentiation between two different types. Um, and each of those different types have several different MOs associated to them. Mm -hmm. um, the two types that I'm, I'm usually um, separating things in is um, attribution manipulation. So any type of fraud where there is actually a real user, there's a real device, and there's a real action taking, uh, taken, meaning the user actually used their device to go ahead, install an app, and use it. All of that is legit. What is not legit in this case is the ad engagement that this action is supposed to be attributed to. That's why we call this attribution manipulation. So anything that tries to spoof the ad engagement in order to get commissioned for the action the, the real user takes. And the other side of that medallion would be um, fraud where everything is completely fabricated from 
um, in, in the best case, most sophisticated case uh, from the fraudster's viewpoint, um, everything is spoofed from the impression over the click to the install, post-install actions, uh, sometimes even uh, payment events that are being uh, falsified because the payoff later on is still bigger than the invest investment made. Wow. I mean, it sounds so frightening. It sounds so, it sounds really, you know, like 007 here, you know, everything is not what it seems. Which, which is what's happening out there. Uh, you, know, we, you know that as a fact, you're the expert, but is there anything that you can give in the way of telltale signs? I mean, even, even the slyest fraudster, there must be some sort of sign that something isn't quite right. Just at a high level, is there something marketers can say, that is a flag, that signals me to take action or, or, or pay attention? Um, there, there's a couple of things that are pretty easily checked. Uh, for instance, when you have availability of aggregated stats over over a campaign time, mm -hmm. um, a very, very easy giveaway that something is going wrong is if the conversion rate click to install is extremely low. And by extremely low, um, usually I would say below 1% is um, cause for potential concerns. So this campaign is most likely not running to the best of its abilities. But if we fall below 0.1% uh, click to install conversion rate, um, then it becomes really hard to argue how this is achieved with, with human tracking, with traffic, with human humans interacting with ad media, how they usually do when, when there's a genuine uh, interaction between human ad media and then the product that is being advertised. Um, and and you can turn this on its head as well, and and go ahead as as a UA manager and um, start looking into the uh, media cost or the effective media cost. Right, you know what you're paying for a CPI, and if you see uh, how many clicks come in, you can derive from that how many impressions uh, should be needed to get to those uh, clicks, mm -hmm. and if that impression price is a lot lower. Uh, than, than what is usually being paid in the market, then the question really arises, why would that publisher go ahead and work for a fraction of the uh, earnings that they could have uh, just just to run this campaign? There's, um, yeah, why are usually, they giving it away is the question. Exactly. You, usually publishers seek to maximize their profits as everybody else. So seeing a publisher that would work for a CPM that is a tenth or a hundredth or a thousandth of the actual price that they could run uh, with any self sign up network, then it becomes really a question of why would that even happen? It comes back to a lot of the interviews I've done, and I've done dozens in the industry, and it just comes again and again, you know, if it's too good to be true, it usually isn't. Is that a good rule of thumb for you, Andreas? That is totally it. That, that is the, the number one rule. If it's too good to be true, definitely have a look. And I, I'm not saying that there's not a niche for, for a, a for an opportunity to to present itself, but um, if it's happening a lot, and um, if it's happening um, like constantly, you definitely have to look into those things. And I would argue you better err on the side of caution than uh, than believe than what is happening is is you getting a free lunch. And um, another one, of course, is um, click spam. I'm hearing so much about that. And we also had uh, uh, Mike Paxman over here from Adjust a few shows back, and he was telling us about this very scary, uh, <laughs> very scary, 
scary scenario. It was around uh, uh, Halloween, so it really fit. And, and, you know, how simple it is to do, um, but not necessarily uh, the, the easiest to, to combat, if at all. What are your views on, on, on click spamming? Are there actions marketers can take? Um, for sure. I, actually, the, the example that we just had is for click spamming. So, so looking mm -hmm. at the conversion rates, looking at the effective media cost of your sources um, is a good way to figure out if it is happening or not. Um, fighting it proactively is somewhat hard. That is uh, one of the things that we're trying to figure out this year with, uh, with a very new thing that we started uh, recently. Um, which uh, we we dubbed um, click validation through proof of impression, which is mm -hmm. a mouthful, but it's it is going in that direction, making it a lot harder to fabricate clicks um, by tying more rules to them and then having logic checks on them. And uh, also to that point, so we talked about the click spamming, and you said there were two types of uh, technical fraud. We've covered one. Is there something you can say about the other or is it fairly similar? Again, that rule of thumb, if it's too good to be true, it usually isn't. Um, the other one is, is a lot harder to spot and mm -hmm. it's it's basically an, an evolutionary step from, from click spamming. So click spamming is uh, basically the action of trying to um, to to uh, spam clicks, cookies, um, whatever the, the attribution point is, right? It's a bit different on web to web and web to app and, and all those things. Um, but, but you're trying to mark as many devices or users that visit your content um, for attribution. So you have a, a user visit your website and you execute a click for them. They don't see any advertisement, they don't click on it, but in the background you execute a click for them as if they clicked on a banner or a video. And you cash in on the random chance of those people taking action after visiting your content. Um, with click injection, all of this um, becomes a lot more targeted and a lot more um, effective because click injection, uh, first off, it's an in-app fraud scheme. It is only available on Android because the exploits that, uh, uh, that are being used do not exist on, on, uh, on Apple iOS devices since uh, iOS 9. Mm -hmm. And um, this whole thing really just works by executing a click and injecting it, that, hence the name, after the user already made the decision to download and use an app. There's two different exploits. Uh, one, the, the content provider exploit that allows an attacker to inject the click during the running download from the Google Play Store. So as soon as the user clicked the install button in Google Play, that click can be injected. And the second exploit is um, at the end of the install when when the app is finally installed on the device, just before the icon of that new app becomes available on the home screen, um, there is a thing called the package edit broadcast that lets every app on the device know that the new app has been installed on this device. And that, that, that push of this information can also be used to inject a click at this moment in time. And uh, those two things are a lot harder to, to figure out because mm -hmm. we don't have um, a conversion rate that is, um, that is pointing towards it. Um, there is a telltale sign if the, the uh, package edit broadcast exploit is being used and it's uh, effective, then you would see um, a lot of, of installs being attributed very, with a very short conversion time of uh, 
single seconds. Um, but that is that is also not something that you can rely upon because the content provider exploit is the um, the the most used one. It's the one that is um, actually a lot easier to use, and um, therefore um, that that becomes quite undetectable unless you actually get uh, the data points that that uh, Google made available um, in November of last year, um, which which gives you the the time of when the user clicked the install button in the Google Play Store, and then you can make sure that you do not attribute to any uh, click engagements that happened after that moment in time. Well, what I'm hearing here is two things, Andreas. First of all, you know, it's so important to watch the signs and signals of ad fraud. It's not simple, but listeners, keep in mind, you don't have to necessarily take notes here. A lot of this is over at adjust.com. They have white papers, blogs, a lot of tutorials. Everything you need is sort of a crash course. When we come back after the break, we'll be looking at some of the myths around ad fraud and uh, think about what you can do or what you might think you know about ad fraud after the break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce mobile marketing and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz from Mobile Groove, and we have today Andreas Nauman. He is head of fraud at Adjust. And Andreas, right before the break, we were going through, you know, some of the signs of fraud. It's complex, 
granted, but now it's even more exciting to go through some of the preconceived notions because ad fraud is so big, you know, for the entire advertising industry. I'm hearing figures of, you know, upwards of 50 billion in fraud. Not all of that mobile, but you get an idea of what we're talking about. So people think they know a lot about it, but in reality, there are some preconceived notions that you as an expert are going to help me go through and, uh, and, uh, and debunk, basically. So the first one I'll give you, performance campaigns. You know, the whole idea that marketers run a performance campaign, pay for the very last click, the very last goal, the very last conversion, but it's not that simple, is it, Andreas? Uh, it's not. That, this is actually a point that I have to discuss very often with, with clients of ours or with new clients or people that get interested in anti-fraud uh, at, at some point uh, in, in their um, let's say marketing life cycle and um, one of the things and and this is this is like an extremely old myth like when I started in the industry in 2007 this was already a thing and it was already um, quite a misunderstanding and and it, it's the, the reasons um, I don't want to even go into the reasons but what what is happening is people get convinced that paying for um, a conversion point very late in the in the um, user conversion funnel is the best thing that you can do, and that is true to the extent, um, or to an extent, when you can make sure that everything before that point is legit. The right. problem is um, that mostly doesn't happen. So if you go ahead and you um, you run a CPA campaign where you pay for a user taking a, a certain action like register to to a service or making a first down payment um, starting a subscription then all of that is most likely real right we've we've talked about that earlier with click spam um, but the the risk here is that you will pay for a legit user using your service paying money to you that never engaged with the advertisement that this whole um, interaction is being attributed to and that that is the big, big risk with uh, any type of um, CPA campaigns or, or CPE campaigns, uh, depending on, on which nomenclature you subscribe to. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have a fraudster that is really good in, in click spamming or click injecting, then you run the risk of paying a lot of money for your organic users that you have already paid for, right? Organic users flock to an app because of uh, other advertisement channels except digital mobile because you build a good product and you get word of mouth. So so in, in a sense, a company has already paid for all their organics that they're getting. It's just that somebody likes to get paid for them one more time. And usually those are being sold at a discount. So you can get a ton of those installs at a very low price. So the, the CP, CPE price or CPA price might be a lot lower than what other people offer you, but then again, you run the risk of those being actually poached out of your organic mm -hmm. conversions. And that is, uh, that is quite a huge risk that uh, people don't necessarily want to acknowledge. So what I'm hearing here is that, you know, the conversion is, is a great, you know, it's, it's, it's a great event and it's what every marketer is after, but you have to look at the journey that got you there. And if it all makes sense, and it's legit from beginning to end, then you can say, hey, you know, that's it. It's time to celebrate. That conversion is real. Everything is good. But you're telling me is that just looking at the end result isn't always the best way. It's not going to give you the full picture. 
Exactly. You should know where all of this is coming from. And mm-hmm. um, when you talk to brand marketers, to them, this is a complete no-brainer, right? If a brand marketer will always want to know, okay, which creative uh, drove the, the most engagement in which market for which target audience? And that means you need to have all the information about the impressions. You need to know what creative was used, um, what, what was the engagement times, if it is a video network, uh, video creative, um, how much of the video ran, was their sound active, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a brand marketer really wants to understand the, the top funnel analytics. How did we get the attention of the consumer that went and consumed? And I would argue that is a very good question to figure out for, for uh, performance marketers as, as well, because you yes. really want to know which placements work, which creatives work, um, what type of audience works best. And, and to, to get into all of that, you need to know where the impressions happened, um, when they happened, how they happened, and how many clicks derived from those impressions, and then go through the whole funnel. And when you have the whole funnel available, then checking for the validity and and quality of the users that you get is a lot easier. And it gets a lot harder to actually go and defraud um, a campaign that is being monitored from impression to action taken. Well, the good news is I'm hearing at so many conferences and from interviews, you know, that that performance marketing and brand marketing, they are meeting, they are mashing up. This is happening because, of course, we are focused deeper in the funnel where, you know, brand marketing and and brand, um, you know, concerns or or identity is so important. So hopefully those two parts of the companies will continue to sort of work together and talk together because that might be a way to nip this um, and beat it uh, at its own game. So let's get on to myth number two, fraud benchmarks. You know, it's great. I love them. I'm a data geek. You know, I read all the reports and it's great to know, okay, what is the fraud percentage of fraud in different countries? But um, the way I understand it, Andreas, you know, that might be great for our decks and our presentations, but it's not really a great guideline to what's going on with that traffic. Is that your point here? Um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm very reluctant uh, to give any data of that sort. Uh, people always ask for benchmarks in their industry, in their uh, app category, in their country, or in the country that they want to market in next. Um, but looking at a snapshot of what happened over a period of time in the past doesn't really give you anything uh, for the future because fraudsters don't operate like that, right? Fraudsters don't sit down and say, I'm going to defraud um, strategy games in the mid-core markets and I'm going to do so in Brazil. I have to because laugh because when you say it like that, it's obvious it, that that's absurd. <laughs> exactly. It's not clue, right? They're, it's, right. It's, it's, what, what they're doing is figuring out, okay, which campaign gives me the, the greatest ROI? Where can I get paid the most? Where are the budgets completely open? Where can I drive as much traffic as I can without running into cabs? And that's where they will go. And, and naturally, where do I get uh, not detected for the thing that I do? So that, that's, the, that's the attack pattern. They want to figure out where they can make the most money with the least effort and the lowest risk of getting caught. And if that is for mid-core strategy games in Brazil uh, at a current moment in time, then this is true because 
a couple of advertisers run their campaigns unprotected and they pay really high prices because they want to penetrate a market. That, that's the risk factor, but it's, it has nothing to do with the industry, with the category or with, with the country that this happens in. And, and I, I oftentimes heard people, oh, well, we can uh, go into Japan because there's no fraud. That, that, that doesn't mean that if you go to Japan and you spend an ungodly amount of money uh, with unprotected campaigns to push into the market, then there might be fraud in Japan in the next report that you read because you will get attacked. So um, yes, there is a merit to those, um, to those benchmarks, but I think they're not being used as they should be. And to your point, in the other direction, you know, I've been talking with a lot of people in APAC and, um, you know, a lot of app marketers are saying, well, we can't touch any of it because it's all at some level um, questionable. But but that isn't the case. I mean, there's a lot of um, app marketers and I'm talking with, you know, making money in APAC in China and everything is fine. Um, it really depends on how you approach uh, attribution, how you look at the data, what you're looking for. It's just not, you know, one country is not completely uh, fraudulent and another country completely clean, as you said, for Japan, correct? I've, I completely agree. You can, run, you can run successful campaigns without fraud on them in markets that are deemed to be inherently fraudulent. And that, that is exactly the thing that I feel those benchmarks create. They create a fear of going into a market and that is... That is not necessarily a good thing, I, I feel. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a couple more to go through, but we're running out of time. So we are going to go to break, Andreas, but we're going to come back. We're going to do one more myth, um, and then we're going to ask you, I think, some questions also about the Coalition Against Ad Fraud, which is an organization um, that Adjust is very active in. I believe also founded. Is that correct? True. Yes, Found we did. It? Excellent. Yeah. So, listeners, as you can see, lots of reasons to come back, so don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business -business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we are back, back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. Our guest today, Andreas Nauman, head of Fraud at Adjust. And Andreas, right before the break, we were having actually some fun here because if there's something I love, it's sort of like this game show approach, you know, number one, number two, number three in myth busting, blacklisting. Um, you know, it's the idea that you can just find a fraudster, strike them off the list, but you are not convinced, are you? No, that's, uh, that is actually a pet peeve of mine. Um, blacklisting is a tool that if you, if you use it, like it's mostly used by a persistent blacklist, um, you create, you create a database of, of that information. The problem being that fraudsters that, that are, more or less career criminals, um, they have no problem with getting on a blacklist because they can drop everything that they have and start anew on, on the drop of a dime, right? They can create a new company, a new name, a new um, narrative around themselves, and they will be back in no time. And usually what we're talking about when we're talking about blacklisting is um, domains and uh, bundle IDs for apps and usually um, um, identifiers for for networks and tracking and usually those people run several accounts at at the same time so they can drop them and create new ones um, as they need and whenever you have an actual legit publisher or a legit source of traffic put on a blacklist they can't do that they can't switch around their company name they can't come back with a new account tomorrow because everything is tight all the all the relationships are tied to their identity so whoever lands on a blacklist um, without actually being at fault, has a very, very hard time getting off again. So I, I don't like blacklisting at all. And it can happen. I mean, the, the analogy is, uh, is email, right? I mean, I'm getting emails from people. It's every time I put them uh, in, the, you know, in, the, in the list that I don't want to see it anymore, I just, they have a different email address and I'm still getting it. And then the poor people who maybe fell through the cracks and are ending up in my blacklist, I'll never hear from them again. And I guess it's very, very similar in the app space. It is unfortunately quite similar, yes. So you're doing a lot of work. I mean, obviously, Andreas, you know, we're having this conversation about the many types of, of fraud and approaches. So it's a very deep um, topic. It's going to be one that is very hot in 2019 and long beyond. And you at Adjust are doing something about this. You have founded the Coalition Against Ad Fraud. Tell me what that is. Um, so we wanted to start talking with with people and in 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 its first iteration this was only for for our network partners so at networks performance networks video networks um real-time bidding networks all all of the above and we wanted to come together 
um, because I started my career on the network side and I know that there's very talented, very diligent people that know how the whole fraud thing works and that don't want to be the shady network, right? We, we are right now in a time of, of um, people switching around. Everybody is looking for transparency, for uh, more, more direct publisher relationships. And we wanted to give people a forum, a platform to come together to discuss best practices um, mm -hmm. around fraud detection, around um, fraud research. We, we have very interesting people in there um, that, that sit together and share research results, that share research approaches. And, um, and we, we want to make sure that we come to, th that we create a space where this can be openly shared and that we can go ahead and have uh, revelations as a group. And we want to add advertisers to this uh, this year to, to make sure that we can use all our findings to educate marketers um, in a in a joint uh, joint fashion, that's actually very smart because you have all the stakeholders at the table. And Andreas, to to you know, it's it's still a you know, it's an organization that is evolving. But if you had to name an accomplishment or something that you've done within the Coalition Against Ad Fraud, to tell me, you know, this is what we're proudest of, or this is what we think we can produce, this is our reason for being, what would it be? Um, the, the one thing that we produced last year uh, over the course of, of, uh, of 20, uh, 2018 is our joint document, our definitions of ad fraud. So a document that standardizes the definitions and nomenclature around ad fraud so that every advertiser that knows that they're working with any of those uh, 25 networks that is in the coalition all of them speak the same language. All of them can be addressed with the, with the same nomenclature, and then they will understand what it is we're talking about. And that is one of the things that I feel in ad fraud is, is still um, lacking is, is a shared nomenclature and a shared set of definitions. So hopefully we can push this more and more so that at one point we are all talking the same language which is going to make it a lot easier to to mitigate the problems and and negotiate how to move forward. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really important because once we all agree, then we can do that exactly. You know, it's about moving forward. And as we said before, you're also you know you've earned the title mobile hero. Um, you're not in UA, so what do you think is your superpower? Maybe you are the super negotiator or the uh, the person who has like the X-ray vision into fraud. What would you think is the reason that you got this uh, title, Andreas? I, I I guess it's because I'm nitpicky. <laughs> <laughs> I I look at things and I start pointing out faults pretty uh -huh. much immediately um, and that there's that is not from from it doesn't come from a negative space it's just like oh we could do this better we could do that better uh, uh, this could actually be made this way and the same happens when I and this is how I fell into this whole whole career is I, I looked at statistics for um, for campaigns and accounts and thought, well, those things don't make sense. Why do they not make sense? Uh, what people taught me, it should look like this. Why is it not looking like that? And then I dug into it. And that is, that, that is what got me here. Well, I think that's an admirable trait that you need in your industry because that's just it. You know, as we said before at the very top, you know, you have to look at the data. If it looks too good to be true, 
it isn't. And you have to have that type of, you know, precise mind, um, you know, razor sharp approach to this to, to figure it out. So I, I can see the fit. I can see your superhero power coming through, Andreas. And in the meantime, our listeners are probably saying, you know, hey, um, I didn't take notes, but I was really into this. We know that they have to go to the adjust.com blog and check out, um, you know, what you've written there and uh, white papers and what have you. But how can they keep in touch with you, perhaps, if they want to keep up with you and uh, maybe what you're writing personally? Um, I'm pretty easy to follow on LinkedIn. That's the, the only social okay. network that I frequent. Um, that's actually not true. I also have a Twitter account, but I never look into it. Um, okay. I'm sorry. So we know it. We know now um, LinkedIn is the place for you. Exactly. LinkedIn is, is where you can find me and get in contact. Um, and everything that I write shows up on the Adjust blog. And there's also, we also have a CAF section on the Adjust website. So everything that is new around CAF can be found there. Okay. And I usually make it a habit to make sure that whenever I write something new, I also uh, post it on LinkedIn for, for convenience. Excellent. So we'll have those in our show notes. And of course, listeners, if you want to read up on Andreas or any of the, of the other uh, mobile heroes in the series, you can check out their dedicated page over at heroes.liftoff.io. And if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy at mobilegroove.com. Mobile Groove is also where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. And that, my friends, is a wrap until another episode of Mobile Presence. In the meantime, you can check out this and all earlier episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm, where you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.